This is Just a Few Questions. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Heidi Henry. Heidi Henry was the candidate, or a candidate, for the Illinois House of Representatives 75th District. How are you, Heidi Henry? I'm very good. How are you? Man, welcome to the show, Heidi Henry. I'm just so glad you're here. God, I'll be brief as possible and get right to the point. Uh, Sure. You, you didn't win, so why didn't you win? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> well, uh, it was a brand new district. You know, we did a lot of de- redistricting here in Illinois, and this was um, this was a new district. So this district used to go far south um, into, you know, into um, Will County, Southern Will County, uh, all of Grundy County, Kendall, that sort of thing. Uh, and and uh, now it goes north into Kendall and then over into DeKalb and then back down through LaSalle and then all the way over to Will and then back up to Oswego. So why didn't I win? Well, number one, we didn't have really good data like our our universe numbers, which are how many Democrats versus how many Republicans live in any area was really skewed because Kendall County is the fastest growing county in Illinois right now. It is the fourth fastest growing county in Uh, the United States. So it's just like the building out there is explosive. And they also have a very um, active evangelical uh, church, a whole bunch of evangelical non-affiliated churches out there. And just recently, um, Michael Flynn was out speaking at the Fox River Lutheran Church. Uh, It was a pay-per-view issue. And my opponent was his special guest. So you have a lot of dynamics in there between um, religion, uh, uh, what do I want to call it, uh, the MAGA crowd, right, the fascist crowd, the insurrection supporters, and then on the other side you have suburbia. So <laughs> it's a really so, so your district is it, it wasn't it's not quite. But that was my question, my second question. It's not quite MAGA country. So but let me ask the question anyway. How does it feel to live in MAGA country? God, I mean, every day, Mark, you know, it's like, I, you just, you know, we talk about people voting against their own interests. And you have to understand that the issues of poverty out here are intense. And yet you will get people who will fight to stay in that position with every breath in their body. Number one, because they don't know any better. Number two, most importantly, uh, because we have treated this part of Illinois, anything west of Will County, all the way to California, is flyover country. In this, in the country itself, and in the state, from Will County down to Springfield. So you have this this huge swath of corn, and the people who live amongst the corn that can't don't understand that the Democrats aren't here to just um, take from them. They they have been convinced by constant rhetoric that we are here and up to no good. So when we come to talk to them and knock on their front doors, the, you know, the, the joke, the running joke among the candidates is how many death threats do you get a day? Well, you know, I would average two to three and it's not so much that they're mad at me. They're mad at something that's intangible for them, right? They can't quite touch this. It's like the lottery. It's out there. They know it exists, but they can't quite get to it. So because they can't reach it, they don't understand it, they're going to be mad at it. So that's, um, and it's not that they're stupid. These are very intelligent people. They just don't know what the Democratic Party stands for in Illinois. Because in the past, 
we came out here, um, you know, the last time my county went blue was for Barack Obama. Uh, lost, I mean, we had a huge, huge Tea Party um, involvement in my area. A lot of the, the people who own and run this country, this county uh, out by me, um, were heavily influenced by the Tea Party. The same thing with Grundy and Western Kendall. And it's since 2010, we've never gotten in front of this. We have, all we've done as a Democratic Party said, well, those are those stupid farmers, right? I am one of those stupid farmers, and we are not that stupid. We just hate to be ignored. So instead of giving solutions to the issues of rural America, of poverty, of addiction, of food insecurity, and believe me, farmers can be food insecure as well, because what they're growing in the field, they can't eat. It's not like a garden. So when they don't have health care and they don't have purpose and their their kids are all meth heads or, or addicted to heroin, no help is coming. And instead of seeing that it's the, the Republicans that are underfunded and cut those programs, the Democrats get the blame. And the blame is put on the Democratic Party by Fox News and by OAN and by Newsmax and by Rush Limbaugh, who's dead now, thank God. But this is all they hear all day. I mean, when you have to go and talk to people and the, you've got Joe Rogan going on in the background and, uh, you know, then when they come home, they're sitting down in front of Fox all night. No wonder we can't get to them. We don't do anything to get in front of this, or at least not enough. Yeah, because like I said, most people get their information from certain sources and they stay with those sources every day. And yeah. most sources really, because I'm not a New York Times reader. I'm not a New, a New Yorker. Harper's, you know, whatever. What's some other one? Atlantic. I don't read none of that stuff. I mean, every once yeah. in a while I glance at it. So most of us don't get really in-depth news. We get yeah. brainwashing. We get manufactured consent. So how his, uh, how does a, a Democratic candidate in, because uh, you're, uh, let, me, let me finish that question. How does a Democratic candidate educate, especially the voters who go back and forth, the swing voters, people who don't vote, how do you, has over this? This is like a five, ten year, you know, forever project. How do you educate those voters and put things in their mind because they get information from over there? You want them, hey, get information from over here. How do you do that? Right. How do you educate the, the electorate? It is, it is really tough. And as you know, years ago, I started the Heartland Mamas, which is my podcast, which has been on hiatus, um, in order to educate voters in order to talk to people in the rural community because my podcast partner and I both live out here and we know what happens when people are scared. I mean, I, I know somebody whose 15 year old child just overdosed from um, uh, heroin and fentanyl. And when you have to climb that hill and that parent is so angry and they're looking for someone to be angry at. So it's easy to be angry at, the party whose governor is in office right now. So, you know, the, the family can be very angry that something should have been done, not understanding what happened to addiction issues, mental health issues under every Republican from federal and state uh, over the last three decades. You know, that there isn't the mental health issues um, compounded by, you know, profound poverty we don't have the blame game is there. People need something to blame when they're hurting. And that's what I see with the people out here. We can't message to people who are hurting if we can't talk to them. And if they think that we're not on the same page. In my end of agriculture, I, I am referred to by the government as a farmer. I, I have horses. I don't have 
grain. I don't have cows on feedlots. I have horses, but the, the government still classifies me as a farmer. That's how I pay my taxes. But I'm not their kind of farmer. And there's a dichotomy between the farmers out here, the family farmers that have a few hundred acres that they've farmed for generations, and the corporate farmers, which are families as well, that have bought up every single piece of ground they can as they could afford. Uh, afford to because under Nixon, this goes clear back there, they told them to go big or get out, right? So the ones that got big uh, get most of the subsidies, they do really well. But then you have the family farmer who also works a full-time job, who's struggling to make ends meet, who, who can't afford decent health care, who is, you know, literally one paycheck from bankrupting. And you have to understand too that farmers have the highest suicide rate of any occupation in the country right now. And this is part and parcel to the Democratic Party ignoring them. As we fly over from Will County and land in Springfield, we forget that the people out here have the same issues they have in urban areas. They just don't have as many per day. But per capita, we have the same. So for every 100 people, you have so many overdoses, you have so many cases of addiction, you have so many high school dropouts, you have so many teen pregnancies. Per capita, we're neck and neck, if not ahead of urban areas in those horrible, horrible things. So we have to remember that we're not flyover country, that people out here are not stupid, and that they need the tender loving care that our government should be bringing them. And I know, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, people need to do for themselves. Haven't we heard that long enough, Mark? Haven't we heard People need to do for themselves long enough is how is that working for us? It's not working at all. And I don't care if you live in Chicago or if you live out here in Marseilles, the conversation is the same, you know, because you and I may have escaped the, the addiction issues. Doesn't mean I know I didn't ex escape poverty until recently. You know, it was an uphill battle when my child was sick for me to dig my way out of poverty. And I see this amongst my neighbors and they'll say, well, Bernie Sanders keeps talking about, you know, Medicare for all, but that's going to cost us more money. As Democrats, we need to explain that that does not cost you more money because you don't pay an insurance premium on top of getting health care. You have a slight raise in taxes, which is going to cover your health care, but your giant insurance premium goes away. And there isn't all the hoops to jump through. When my son was sick, I had to jump through hoops every damn day to get my child care because they're, they're, the insurance company, Blue Cross, was not going to just give it to him. And they were only going to give him so much. And then they were going to redline him and say, the rest is on you. And then, you know, you end up deeply in debt. And I see this among my neighbors and no help is coming for them because you know what, Mark? They don't need us out here to win statewide elections. They do not need us. And we know that and we feel it out here. It's just like the people in Kansas know that their votes don't mean a damn thing for, uh, for, for people thing, yeah. going into, uh, uh, into federal offices, right? right? Yeah. If we're electing a president, does it matter if you live in no. Arkansas? No, not really. No. You know, not but, but let, me, let, let, me, let me ask you this, uh, uh, my, uh, uh, this will be the last question for the show. My last question okay. is, how does you get over, how does uh, a Democratic candidate such as yourself, how do you yeah. get over um, people tying that conservative name or Republican or whatever? It becomes your identity. And right. so how do you, how does a person, how, do, how, do, how does a Democratic candidate really shake that 
okay, uh, some, you got to shed this this identity. Like me, I, I'm Chicago. We always vote Democratic. I get it. I, you know what I'm saying? It, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, cause, you know, and it's hard now because things are polarized and gerrymandered and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but, yeah. how do you, but how does a person lose that? This, this, you're talking, I've got to protect my, I, this, this is what I'm saying. I can't listen to Heidi Henry because I'm protecting, guarding uh, my, uh, my, well, my, my identity, whatever that is. And I can't hear you because who you are, who I am, speaks so loudly. I can't hear words you're saying. How do you get over that? Okay, so, and we can bring this right back to this last election because I had no intention of running. I was a slated candidate when the seat came open. And got in on the reproductive rights issue, okay? Because bodily autonomy is everything to a human being, right? Being able to control your body. And here's here's what I do know is my sister explained it so beautifully to me the other day. She said, Heidi, there are no penalties for being racist and there are no societal penalties if you pick on somebody who's in the LGBTQ plus community. But there's no penalty for oppressing women of any color, of any size, there's no penalty for oppressing women. So we are the new other. We were the ones they had to hold down. And you have to understand that that is the mentality that you're describing, the other. If I don't hold them down, then I will not succeed. And we've been so trained and conditioned to make sure that there's an other to blame for whatever it is that that transfers into politics it plant, uh, transfers into our relationships with one another it prevents growth it prevents forward thinking out here every year we go to the farm progress show but we can't find progress for our community because progress would be wrong it would be letting the other win the other who sees a forward vision of this community of all communities and how do we get around it the only thing we can do right now, I started a series on my elect Heidi Henry Facebook page, uh, a blog, and it'll be on my elect.com uh, page as well, where I talk about why we are here where we are and how if we're going to talk to farmers and if it is about business and not about oppression, why is it that, that farmers do better under Democratic administrations, both state and federal, than they do under Republicans, but the Republicans all, always get their vote because Mark, I'm telling you, it's not about business. It is about other. We've been trained to hold the other down, and that's where we're at. This is a societal thing. It is not a business thing. And you know, as well as I do, when they can divide us, they conquer us. And, you know, this, this last year, women have been reaching out to one another across every line because we know that together we are more powerful. And I think as humans... We need to remember that, that when we reach across and embrace one another and then lock arms and march forward, we can get so much done. And that's why I keep coming back and running over and over again, because we cannot let oppression, degradation, division win above humanity. Well, Heidi Henry, it's always a pleasure to talk to someone such as you, <laughs> to uh, someone beyond the hood, beyond the far south side of Chicago, beyond the collar counties of a metropolitan area. It's always a pleasure. Heidi Henry, thanks for being my guest. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. 